time for the best coverage of the top stories in sports. The Sports Wrap with Jason Page starts now. And good to have you with us on this Friday. Page versus the Prince, our battle for pick supremacy. That's coming up a little later on in the show. Nikola Jokic breaking the hearts of Warriors fans. Oh, did I enjoy that. Something to consider, and always some odds and ends. But we start things out in the NFL today. Our good friend Jason Cole hanging out with us, does a terrific job. NFL columnist, also uh, the author of this great book that's behind me. Shut up, your kid is not that great. It's somewhere behind me. If I turn my head, there it is. Yeah, there it yeah, is. I see, see it. See it it's somewhere. Right it's always somewhere back there. Uh, hanging out with us on the show today. All right, I've asked this question of every NFL expert I've had on this week, and I've gotten, you know, different degrees of answers um are the baltimore ravens right now the team to beat it feels like they're peaking at the right time yeah i mean they're the last two victories have been pronounced um and impressive whatever whatever adjective you want to use uh, to describe uh that yeah they're playing the best football but i would say that them against san francisco is a lot more evenly matched than you might think because as one-sided as that game was when they when they beat them and they took you know, they took control of the game in the second half, when you win a turnover battle five nothing, that doesn't happen very often, and that's hard to replicate. And I know that they had a great game on defense, but you know they they tipped two passes for interceptions and they hit Purdy in the arm on another interception. Again, hard things to expect to have happen while you also play an entirely clean game on offense. Um, Dalvin Cook gets added to the mix. Is he insurance or could he have a real impact here? As a receiving back, he's really dangerous. I mean, assuming he's in shape. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Dalvin Cook. Nobody's seen a lot of Dalvin Cook this year, so you don't really know what he is anymore. Um, But as a receiver, you know, He's obviously a great player um, out of the backfield or has been one in the past. And he's a good enough runner between the tackles that he complements what they're trying to do. Plus, look, he has a pre-existing relationship with Lamar Jackson as a South Florida guy. Um, You know, it impresses me. He's playing to win. He wants a ring out of this. Um, Go back to the Niners for a second. We obviously saw the the struggles they had against Baltimore a couple weeks ago, and you talked about the deflected passes. I noted the same thing, too. I I know the score was, you know, sort of got out of hand, and then, you know, they they came back late with with Darnold and everything. But, you know, there is a question about Brock Purdy, game manager versus is he going to be able to win the big one in the postseason based on the, the sort of limited... Um, you know, sampling we've had of him when you compare him to some of the other guys that are going to be in this postseason, have you been able to form an opinion one way or another as to whether or not the Niners can win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy at quarterback? Yeah, because they're not going to face another team with a great quarterback. Like a team, they're not going to face a team with a quarterback who overwhelms you, or you know, and just staggers you with his talent until they get to the Super Bowl. Right? Like who in the NFC, you know, has a a quarterback who's like light years ahead of Brock Purdy? Boy, and, Eagle, fan, e- Eagle fans are going to be sending you hate mail after this. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, look, Jalen, I love Jalen Hurts. Okay, I really do. I think he's a terrific player. But you can't say that he's light years ahead of Brock Purdy no, this year. 
He's not. He hasn't played that well this year. And he has a good resume. It's not light years better than Brock Purdy. Same thing with Dak Prescott. Same thing with Jared Goff. Same. Go on down the line through the entire NFC. Is there one quarterback there that you say that the 49ers should fear? No, not on the NFC side. And none that you say, like, they're just going to overwhelm Brock Purdy. So, yeah, they can win it because they just have to win one game. And they're not going to face Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa. You know, like, they're not going to have to run that that gauntlet. They only have to face one of them. If the Niners are the favorite in the NFC, which I think we'd all agree they are, who is the biggest threat to them? Because I, it's hard for me to discern who is because I've watched them stomp Philadelphia. I've watched them stomp Dallas. Detroit? I mean, who's who is it? It's to be determined. <laughs> um, it really is. Like, I keep waiting for Philly to wake up, and they're just not. No. Yeah, they're getting worse. They're not getting better. Um, I thought they were a tired team four weeks ago. I think they're a slow team now, and that's 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 bad. But you know they can wake up. They have the weapons. Dallas, Dallas is usual smoke and mirrors. You know home field BS team that Jerry wants everybody to believe in, but is fatally flawed. They're just no good on the road. They're not really. You know they're good against bad teams at home. Like they haven't they haven't really beat anybody at home that's that great, except for Philadelphia, who's a good team when they beat them. And Detroit is interesting, but Detroit is a year away. Like mm. they're 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 they need another draft filled with guys who can really get something done. Um, I want to ask you one question. I got about a minute and a half here uh, before I get to the games next week, which we'll do in the uh, games for this week, which we'll do in the next segment. What do you make of of this? You know, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers a lot over the last couple of years, but these most recent comments he made about Jimmy Kimmel, um, you know, sort of the the reaction around the league, the reaction around football. And, and sort of the damage he's doing to his legacy, it almost feels like week after week with the things he's saying versus what he's not even doing on the field because he's not even playing. Oh, I don't think I, – I think these are small issues that most people forget about in the long run. Like, I, I don't think that – unless this Jimmy Kimmel thing goes nuclear, it's just going to disappear. Um, but, you know like, – I'm saying in totality, though. In totality, look, he's going to be considered a sour human being, and he kind of is a sour human being. And he's, you know, you know, I, I say this a lot about Aaron. He's a little too smart for his own good. Um, you know, he thinks he's smarter than he really is, and he's he's bright, but he thinks he's kind of of a savant. Mm. And you know, look, I went to Stanford, and you know, I know what Cal is like. I mean. We got a lot of people like that at both the universities. He's just, he's another one of them. And, and to, truth be told, I've been like that in the past too. Then you get beaten up and you find out, yeah, maybe you're not really as smart as you think. And he's going through that right now. Like, that was a really stupid thing yeah, to say really about was. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. yeah, if you want to poke fun at Jimmy Kimmel and, and tell a joke, tell a joke. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Jason Cole's going to hang out with us for one more segment. We'll come back with him, get into some of these Week 18 matchups, some that mean something, some that don't, as we continue on the Sports Wrap. 
Perfect. Over 13 million Americans were affected by identity theft in 2022, and the threats go way beyond just credit card fraud. Today's identity thieves can use your information in ways that are easy to miss by just monitoring accounts and credit, like opening loans, transferring home titles, even committing crimes. Someone got my social security number, made a driver's license, and was used for criminal activity. You can do so much with a social security number that I didn't know could happen. They drained my bank account. It was terrifying. You're even more vulnerable than you realize. Your information is exposed through online shopping, banking, even corporate data breaches. No wonder there's a new victim of identity theft every three seconds. Only LifeLock alerts you to the widest volume of threats all in one place, like someone trying to use your social security number, open a new loan in your name, or even commit a crime in your name. There was a big yes button and there was a big no button. I clicked, that's not me, and LifeLock took it from there. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will be assigned to your case and work to fix the issue on your behalf. If something happens, you have somebody fighting for you. All LifeLock members are backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package, including reimbursement for stolen funds, personal expenses, and coverage for lawyers and experts up to $1 million. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. With LifeLock, it's easy to help protect yourself. I will be with LifeLock forever. Join the millions of people already protected by LifeLock. And for a limited time, save 25% on your first year with promo code 25TV. All plans include a 60-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-710-7531 or visit lifelock.com slash 25TV to save 25% on your first year of identity theft protection. Enroll now. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap continues on this Friday. Nikola Jokic breaking the hearts of the Warriors on Thursday night. We'll get to that coming up. Every time you think it can't get worse for the Warriors, it does. They blow an 18-point fourth-quarter lead, a late fourth-quarter lead. And I thought Jokic said something great after the game that we'll get to coming up. Uh, in a few minutes. Sam Yarnell will hang out with us as well. Page versus the Prince, our weekly NFL picks. All of that's still to come in the program, but we continue the conversation with our good friend Jason Cole, NFL columnist, does a terrific job, Hall of Fame selector, author of the book, Your Kid, Shut Up, Your Kid is Not That Great, uh, available in bookstores, and hopefully you got it as a stocking stuffer for your loved ones in this holiday season. Um, before I get to the games this weekend, there was this interesting list that came out about the NFLPA surveying about uh, top coordinators around the league. And I was shocked to find Ben Johnson's name wasn't mentioned. And this is the guy that everybody thinks is the coordinator that's going to get one of the next big NFL openings. Does that surprise you? No, first year guy. You know, it's, he's got a little ways to go for to create a rep. I, look, here's the fact. Most players don't even know who the coaches are on other teams. <laughs> they just don't. 
you think like you really think that they know who the the offensive and defensive coordinators are? I, it's just not their area of expertise. And so, you know, like to ask that kind of a question, you know, the, they're fans just like we're fans. They go, oh, is this guy winning or is he not winning? Is he running a great offense? Is he not running a great offense? You know, what's he doing? All those kinds of things. That's that's what they pay attention to. They don't really know like what he's like in a room teaching people. Um, what game of consequence here in week 18 has you the most intrigued? Is it Pittsburgh, you know, trying to make the playoffs? I, I got a couple that I want to talk about, but Pittsburgh is one that obviously comes to mind because Lamar okay, Jackson's not going to play. Yeah. yeah, without Lamar Jackson, I mean, Pittsburgh should win that game. I mean, I, I, I'd be interested because I don't think Pittsburgh's ain't good. Like, I just, you know, like, they're kind of interesting because they've got Mike Tomlin coaching them, and you want to see, like, can you t- do something with this team? But, but they've been awful all year. Um, and their defense has overcome a, a horrifically bad offense. So I don't – I'm not that interested in them. I am interested to see what happens in the scrum between Houston, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville, this is a hugely disappointing season. This is a big step back for them. I agree. And what they should have been, where they should have – I'm not saying they should be a Super Bowl contender, but they should be a team that people worry about. They should be a team that people go – Oh yeah, if we're not if we're not if not we're not mindful, like they can beat us. Like Detroit is like that. Detroit is a team where you say if we're not really careful with what they're doing, they're going to hurt us in a in a game. And you know, like they almost won in Dallas. Um, Jacksonville's taking a step back from that, and some of it is personnel. You know, the wide receivers aren't great, but the defense has just been awful all year. And and Trevor Lawrence. It's just not getting there fast enough. He's mm. still got all the talent in the world, but he's not getting there as quickly as everybody thought. Um, give me a thought on the Packers. What it would mean to that franchise coming out of the Aaron Rodgers era, where they didn't make the playoffs in his final season there, to going to Jordan Love and being able to be a playoff team. Um, obviously, they have a long way to go to, to be any sort of contender, but what it would mean for that franchise to be able to go yet again with another new quarterback, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, now to Jordan Love, and still be a playoff team? Well, you'll, you'll, you will have escaped having to beg for Don Mikowski or Lynn Dickey, right? <laughs> the magic you know, man. Because let's just say this. The Packer, Packer fans have not seen a bad quarterback in 30 years. It's remarkable. Right. Like, they have not experienced what most yeah. of the NFL experiences for a long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's sort of like, you know, the, the 49ers when they went from Joe Montana and straight into Steve Young. Um, you know, it, just, it doesn't happen that often like that, right? You usually don't have that happen. So... You know, good for them if they can avoid that. It means they have a quarterback that they can build around and ha- has some promise. And Jordan Love seems like the game is not too big for him, and he's his mind works fast enough to handle it. So that's a, all promising things. I'm not saying I'm fully bought into Jordan Love yet, but no. I'm, I'm there. But, you know, and Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur got his team back because and, – and, and I think regained the respect of his players – because he wasn't kowtowing to everything Rodgers wanted. He didn't have to deal with Rodgers 
giving that sour milk face every time he didn't like a play call. <laughs> um, and, and, and there's something to be said for that. You know, there's, there's cooperative relationships and then there's one-sided relationships and the relationship between LaFleur and Rogers last year had become one-sided. Uh, last one, give me a thought on Buffalo and Miami. I mean, we've seen Miami struggle against a lot of good teams this year, the exception of beating Dallas. Um, they've struggled in these spots. Give me uh, give me sort of a prognostication on, on what you think happens here. Well, the, the bigger problem for them is they're beat up now. You know, like they've lost Chubb, Chubb. And, uh, and the other pass rusher. I'm, I'm bullet drawing a blank on the kid. They lost, they lost him two weeks ago. You know, if you're trying to go after Josh Allen, you lost your two best pass rushers. I mean, good luck. So I expect this to be a one-side game and an ugly game. Wow. You think, you think it gets out of hand? The only way it's not is if the Miami offense makes it a track meet and just says, look, we're, we're just going to go up and down the field, which they can do. And they were the, like that the first half. Of the, of the first game this year until Armstead got hurt. And then the Buffalo defense really got after Tua after that point. It was a pretty, it was a pretty competitive game until that point, And then it completely got out of hand, but I just don't say, I don't know how they stopped Buffalo. I've got 30 seconds here. Um, the season's basically done in terms of MVP voting and whatnot. Who wins it? Who are you? It's Lamar Jackson. It's, I, I agree. It's, it's more, it's, it's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And, you know, I heard an earful last week from before last week's games from the Buffalo fans about Josh Allen and his 40 touchdowns and all this. And then he had a awful game. Yeah, they won, but it was an awful game while Lamar Jackson had five touchdowns and a perfect rating. And I, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson would normally win it with this kind of year, but I would also say this. He's a better quarterback today than the first time he won the MVP. He's a better passer. And that's a real accomplishment for him. And he's going to be graded on everything he does in the postseason. For all for sure. all the accolades this year, it's all going to be about that. Jason Cole, NFL columnist, does a terrific job. Uh, shut up, your kid is not that great. Get it in bookstores. Jason, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Take care. Stick around. Sam Yarnell on the other side. Nikola Jokic, a whole bunch more. Wrap rolls along on this Friday. Page versus the Prince coming up. About 10 minutes. Doing something a little different this week for Page versus the Prince. You'll have to stick around for that. Something to consider. And it truly is something to consider for a Major League Baseball team who's going to have to make a very difficult decision. Uh, We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes. Oh, but can we rejoice in the misery of Warrior fans for just a moment? Jokic has it. Clock ticks. Got to put one up. Jokic for the win. Oh, it's good. Jokic got it off in time. And the Nuggets win it. Every time you think it can't get worse for the Warriors, Sam Yarnell, it does. (laughs) They blew an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter with like four minutes left. I mean, how bad are they? Yeah, 
And, and of course, the betting man that I am was Uh-oh. watching that game while doing some work last night, right before I went to bed. And I was looking at the odds. I was like, you know, the Warriors are up 18. It's the Nuggets. Be a fun game to look at the odds for. I saw the Nuggets. What was the live line? Was there 18 with five minutes to go, I believe. They're 13 to one to win the game on the money line. Uh, I thought about betting it. I'm shocked it wasn't more. I thought about betting it just for, you know, grins and giggles, as they say. I didn't. Because I got caught up watching this Nick Wright video from his podcast about Aaron Rodgers, which I thought was very interesting. And I'm not a big Nick Wright guy, but but I think he actually uh, is hitting the nail on the head when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers situation. Can I just situation. say That's this? Can a- I, but hold on. Can I just say this? And I, I put out a tweet on X last night. And I, I could care one way or, or another less about, about Nick Wright. I just don't care. He's just another loud voice in a room full of loud voices when it comes to sports media. He, all these people were retweeting and, oh my God, look what Nick Wright said. I posted a video I put up November of 22 where I told everybody what Aaron Rodgers was. I I posted it last night. If you go to my ex at the back page, we flash it on the screen during the show. I put up a video on Aaron Rodgers that said all this 14 months ago. So welcome to the party, guys. I was way ahead of all of you. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. That's right. Jason was the leader and we're all just followers. Back to the story. I didn't bet the Nuggets and and I thought about it, had the opportunity to, got distracted. Classic betting tale, right? But sick shot from the Joker. I, it's also so funny. There's this funny tweet on social media last night. The only time we see Nikola Jokic not in a basketball arena when he's like out socially, right? Is like celebrating winning getting super drunk or playing with his horses quite, quite literally playing with his horses. We see all these videos of LeBron and Steph and Katie working out and always in the gym. And what do we see Jokic doing? We see Jokic riding horses in, in, in little carts behind them. We see Jokic partying with his friends, betting on at the racetrack. The guy's just an all-timer. You know what he reminds me of, though? I, we, and we had this conversation on the show. And you and I were, might have been talking about it. I don't remember if it was you and me. Maybe it was, no, I was talking about with Nick Ferguson where I said, you know, the thing about Joe Flacco that's refreshing in the NFL is it proves that the old sort of pocket passer, big arm, you know, not terribly mobile, can can move around left or right, but not much more than that. That that guy could still win in the NFL is so refreshing to guys like me who miss the days when those guys were sort of the norm. And you watch a guy like Jokic who looks like, you know, the guy that would walk, obviously he's a little taller than the typical guy that would walk into the, into the Y and go play <laughs> a pickup game. But he just looks like that kind of pickup basketball guy who's just tossing shots up and they're going in and you're watching. And it, he's just so antithetical to what we think the NBA superstar looks like today. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's refreshing in, in, in a day and age of these, 
physically capable freaks yeah. where we've got LeBron James and Kevin Durant and, Giannis and guys and like John Moran who can yeah. jump out of the gym. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy. And then you just got this mountain of a guy, this tree trunk body having center who can run point and has more triple doubles than, you know, anyone since Russell Westbrook, it seems like. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable stuff. But he said something after the game. I want to get to this real quick. Um, he said something after the game in the post-game interview with EJ and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq. And he said something. They were talking about, who you know, everybody's chasing Denver. Who's Denver chasing? And he right away came up with this answer, which means this is something they talk about, obviously, within the culture, there's that word, and the locker room with, with the Denver Nuggets. And he said, we're chasing the Denver Nuggets. He said, we're, ch- we're, we're chasing the team we were last year and still trying to be better than that, which, by the way, was a team that won an NBA championship. And I thought that was a fascinating I thought it was the correct answer. I think they are. You know, we're talking about all these different teams and storylines around the league this year. Denver's still the best team. I still don't know. In a seven-game series with that dude who hit that shot last night, who, who are you going to pick to beat down? You're going to give me Joe Missoula and the Celtics who do this on a regular basis? You're going to give me Milwaukee who can't play any defense? You're going to give me the Sixers with, you know, Joel Embiid and, and company? Who are you giving me? Who's beating them? I, I don't, Is it Oklahoma City who's not ready for prime time yet? Is it the Lakers? Is it? I'll tell you the one team I think it could be. we only got a minute here. I think it could be the Clippers. Oh, my gosh. I'll give you the Um, last word, but I think it could be the Clippers. If the Clippers stay healthy, I think it could be the Clippers. uh, There's no shot. Uh, There's not a snowball's chance in you-know-what that that the Clippers are the team that beat the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't know. They are the one team in the West. They are the one team with a big three, big four that, that can seemingly put it together. And have James right now, Harden since, is not capable de- of being that guy since anymore. De- he does, but he doesn't have to be that guy anymore because of what he has around him. And that's what's allowing him, I think, right now to be so effective since December 1st, where I think they're like 13-1. and one. Just saying. They're the 2016 All-Stars. The Nuggets blow them out the gym. Just saying. Uh, Page versus the Prince. We're going to do something a little different. That's coming up on the other side. Good to have you with us. This Friday edition of the Sports Wrap. Attention families with a loved one in a nursing home. If your loved one has suffered from bed sores, falls, broken bones, dehydration, or even death, you may be entitled to a substantial settlement. If you have a loved one who is injured in a nursing home, we will find out what happened. State violations are found against nursing homes every day. You have a limited time to file your claim, so don't wait. Call 800-398-5999 and speak with one of our attorneys. The call is confidential and free. Sports Wrap rolls along. Good to have you with us. All right, one of my favorite things we do on this show every week, it's the battle for sports betting supremacy. It's Paige versus the Prince. Rejoined by Sam Yarnell. Had a couple of good weeks. I have had a couple of not so good weeks. 0 and 4 and 1 and 3 back to back. So, what do you say we do something a little different this week, Sam? I like the idea of picking 
every single game on the NFL slate this week. We're going to pick them all. Only time in the season we're going to do it. We're going to pick each and every game um, on the spread only. Steelers and Ravens leads it off, Sam. It's Baltimore plus three. Who do you like? The whole format on me. It's wild. I'm not picking against the Ravens as a dog. Give me Baltimore plus three. Um, I'm actually with you on this. Jason Cole likes the Steelers, but I, I just got a feeling Baltimore's still going to go in there with the with a sense of, hey, we want to keep them out of the playoffs. Uh, division rival and all. Give me the Ravens plus three as well. Texans minus one and a half in Indianapolis. Who do you like? Uh, big day for Nico Collins. Give me Houston laying a point and a half. I think we've poo-pooed Indianapolis all year. And you know what, man? Credit to Gardner Minshew, who's just found ways to win games for this team uh, and shows the importance of a good backup quarterback. I'll take Indianapolis plus the one and a half. Falcons plus three in New Orleans against the Saints. I hate this line more than just about any line on the board. Uh, give me the road dog Falcons plus a field goal. Boy, we disagree again. I, I don't trust the Falcons at all anymore. The quarterback situation's a mess. Uh, Arthur Smith's team just has really been leaking oil coming down the stretch. I'll take the Saints minus three. The Browns with no Joe Flacco uh, getting seven in Cincinnati against the Bengals. Uh, okay, Jake Browning. Bengals minus a touchdown. Um. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Cleveland's defense not as good on the road. Bengals want to finish on a high note. I'll take Cincy minus the seven. Jaguars and Titans. It's been a disappointing finish to the season for the Jaguars. I'll go first here. Uh, minus three and a half. I think they finish the season with a win and a division title. I think Mike Vrabel's really good in games that don't mean anything. Give me the Titans in this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Buccaneers and Panthers in Charlotte. Plus four and a half to the Panthers. I'll go Bucks here, I guess. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a very confident selection. It, it's not, but I hate this game. You hate every game every week, though. So That's what, that what good betters do. Yeah, they hate every game. Okay. It's fair. Uh, I'll go Tampa Bay minus four and a half as well. I think they figure out a way uh, to get the win. The Jets' hapless season comes to a conclusion in Foxborough against the Patriots in what could be Bill Belichick's final game as the Patriots' head coach. Well, Belichick has exuded dominance over the Jets all these years. Does he finish his tenure in New England potentially with a win? It's New England minus one and a half. I love this game, Jason. Oh, I'm not betting against Bill Belichick yes. at home. Give me Bailey Zappi. I'm not putting American money on Trevor Simeon. Patriots minus one and a half. I'm with you on that. I don't think there's any way in hell Bill Belichick loses his final game potentially um, in Foxborough for that team. The Vikings plus three in Detroit against the Lions. Nothing to play for here for anybody pretty much. Nah, I think the Vikings will have fun with it. Give me the Vikings on the road as the dog plus three. Yeah, I'm going to go Detroit minus three. Um, I think that setting a tone, winning culture, I think all of that means a lot to Dan Campbell. I think the Lions still find a way to win their minus three division matchup. Bears and Packers with the Packers trying to make the playoffs with Jordan Love at quarterback. I love the Packers minus three. What say you? Uh... 
I love the Bears in this one. I think the Packers win it, but I think they win it with a late field goal by just a point. Love the over in this game as a side play, but give me the Bears plus a field goal. The Cowboys and the Commanders with Washington getting 13 and a half at home. Yeah, if the Commanders could uh, score negative points in this game, they would. I'm expecting a ton from the Cowboys. Give me Dallas and lay the two touchdowns. All right, rapid fire here because we only got about 50 seconds. Cardinals plus three at home against the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks in that one. By the way, I'll take the Commanders plus the 13 and a half. I'll take the Cardinals plus the three. Rams plus four in San Francisco against the Niners. I love you, Carson Wentz. Give me the Rams. I'll take the Rams as well, plus four. Eagles and Giants. Giants plus five and a half. Eagles need to win this one. Lay the five and a half with Philadelphia. Um, I will go with you on that. Broncos plus two and a half in Vegas. I like Vegas here. They're going to win it for Antonio Pierce. Me too. Take Vegas minus two and a half. Uh, Chiefs plus three and a half against the Chargers. The, there's no way Staley wins this. Give me Kansas City as a road favorite or right. road dog. All right. I'll take Kansas City plus three and a half uh, in Los Angeles against the Chargers. And finally, Bills minus two and a half in Miami against the Dolphins. I've already got a future on this game. I need the Bills to win it. Give me the Bills, lay two and a half. You have no future. Miami plus two and a half. Give me the Dolphins. I just got a feeling. All right, Sam. Uh, those are our picks for this week. You can track them online. Sportswrap.tv will have them posted up there uh, for you by the time the games get underway this weekend. All right, Sam. Um, what game intrigues you the most, if not Buffalo, Miami? If not Buffalo, Miami. I think it's Bears Green Packers. Bay. It's yeah. Bears Packers. Yeah. yeah, it's Bears Packers. Same situation as last year for the Packers. Do they choke again? All right, Sam, we'll see you next week. Can't wait. We're coming back. More of the sports wrap and something to consider when it comes to Trevor Bauer. Hi, friends. Richard Karn here. Now, I'm known as the guy who can fix just about anything, but the technology in most appliances requires very special training to fix. And that's why my family has Choice Home Warranty. Choice Home Warranty covers over 25 major home systems and appliances. That's your AC, heating, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances, and so much more. Imagine for less than a cup of coffee a day, Choice Home Warranty can help protect you from expensive major system and appliance breakdowns that your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover. Call Choice Home Warranty now and get access to a nationwide network of over 15,000 technicians and the latest appointment setting technology so you'll know when they're on their way. So do what this old DIYer did and call Choice Home Warranty now before something breaks down. Get protection for your heating, AC, plumbing, kitchen and laundry appliances and more. Call for your free quote today. Call in the next five minutes and get your first month free. 800-394-8109. That's 800-394-8109. The Sports Wrap continues on this Friday. Odds and ends to wrap things up. About 10 minutes from now. But something to consider today. And I think it's a very touchy subject when you get into issues of sexual assault 
Uh, we even talked about this on on Thursday's show with the Jackson Mahomes case, and we, we kind of gave a disclaimer: Hey, you know, turn away if 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 sexual assault things trigger you, or if you've been in a situation where you've been a victim of sexual assault, or know somebody that's um, been sexually assaulted, and the the allegations against him and charges were dropped and all of that stuff. Well, something to consider today, and I want to focus on uh, uh, an interesting story with Trevor Bauer. Uh, who went and made his case on Fox News, of all places, on Thursday as to why he should be welcomed back into Major League Baseball. And while taking some responsibility, which is the first time he's really done this, but it makes you wonder if somebody's telling him to do it so he gets a an opportunity to pitch again in Major League Baseball, thinks he could still be one of the best pitchers in the game. And, and look, it'd be hard to argue against that. You look at where he was, um, in the game at the time um, that he sort of departed from the sport. And there's no question that, that Trevor Bauer was one of the best uh, in the game. So gives you, you know, it gives you some sense of, of what's at stake here for Trevor Bauer professionally. But it's a very difficult situation for a Major League Baseball team and truly is something difficult to consider as to where it would make sense for Trevor Bauer to land if he is to come back to Major League Baseball. And I saw John Heyman post the question um, on X, formerly known as Twitter, on, it might have been Friday morning, could have been Thursday night, but basically posing the question, should he get another opportunity? At the end of the day, no criminal charges were filed against Trevor Bauer. Cases were uh, settled outside of court. He still has a civil suit pending against one of his uh, alleged victims or somebody who, who accused him of something. It's a very gray area. And, and, you know, not every situation is exactly the same. There is no one-size-fits-all for how Major League Baseball teams or how organizations or leagues treat these sorts of things. So here we are with Trevor Bauer trying to basically beg his way back in to Major League Baseball, saying, please, somebody give me an opportunity um, to get back to doing what I love. To me... He's going to have to go someplace where the media spotlight doesn't shine that bright. To me, a place like Milwaukee, a place like Kansas City, a team like Tampa Bay with the Rays. Um, even, I hate to say this, oh God, you know, the Oakland A's. Um, he's going to have to go to a market where he could kind of blend in and sort of hide from the media scrutiny that he'd get in a place like New York, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago. And then the question starts to become one of, is he willing to accept having to go to a team that might not necessarily be a big-time contender, although Milwaukee is sort of a contender every year, a St. Louis where, again, some of these markets that might be willing to overlook whatever transgressions are involved. The other thing to consider here when it comes to Trevor Bauer is this. 
he isn't very well liked. He's sort of the, to use a wrestling analogy, he's sort of the CM Punk of Major League Baseball. Everybody knows he's really talented, but he's not a great locker room guy. That's sort of the the label attached to, to CM Punk if you, if you follow wrestling. Not that I follow it immensely, but I know enough about it. The same as Trevor Bauer. He's kind of a loner, does his own thing, a bit quirky. But in a day and age where teams are so desperate to win, in a day and age where teams are so desperate to be relevant if they're not winning, Trevor Bauer could potentially do both of those things. So who's going to take a shot on him? He's no longer suspended by Major League Baseball. An arbiter ruled that, or an arbitrator ruled that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to sit out anymore. There's no more suspension here. So who's going to take a shot? I think somebody will. Because if we've learned anything by now, if you are talented in this game and still have something to offer to a team, they will find any reason, any rationale imaginable to put you on their roster. So somebody's going to take a shot. Somebody who misses out on Blake Snell, who rumor has it is going to wind up with the Yankees or wants to wind up with the Yankees, Cy Young Award winner. Imagine the Yankees having both Cy Young Award winners, by the way, next year in their rotation. And Yankee fans will still consider it a disappointing offseason. <laughs> but Bauer's going to wind up somewhere. Somebody who needs starting pitching. Seattle. Eh, it's kind of hard for me to envision them there. But it sounds like they're going to miss out on Blake Snell. And they've had a disappointing offseason. Maybe that's a way to quell the anger in that fan base. We'll have to see. Something to consider, Trevor Bauer. Odds and Ends finishes out this week's shows, this Friday edition of the program. I'm Jason Page. Thanks for being with us on Sports Wrap. Set to put the wraps on this thing for a Friday. On Monday, we'll be joined by Patrick McEnroe, ESPN tennis analyst. I don't know if he's going to be in Melbourne, Australia by that time or not with the Australian Open getting set to to kick off. But we'll get some thoughts from him. Um, And there is some tennis news to get to in odds and ends. It's how we finish the show each and every day. Uh, I mentioned tennis, and Rafa Nadal uh, falls in Brisbane uh, at a, a what's basically a, a warm-up tournament there for the Australian Open. And the Australian Open begins a week from Sunday, I believe. And Nadal, after playing three matches in four days, falls in three sets to 55th-ranked uh, Jordan Thompson, 5-7-7-6-6-3 um, on Friday or Thursday or whatever it may be with the with the time change and all that stuff. I guess it was Friday in, in Australia. And there's talk that Nadal, who's coming back from hip surgery and is obviously very advanced in tennis years, 
that he may not be able to play the Australian Open over concerns he's having on that hip. And if I had to guess, you know, he's going to try to go to Melbourne, he said, and practice and, and see if he can still play in the Australian Open. But if it's even questionable about whether it's smart for him to play that tournament, I'd have to guess he doesn't because what means the most to him and what is likely his final year playing tennis uh, competitively is going to be playing the French Open and trying to win one more French Open. Just my thought. Uh, We'll have to wait and see, but I'd be shocked. And we'll get Patrick McEnroe's insights on this on Monday when uh, we are scheduled to have him on the show. But I'd be shocked if if Nadal played in Melbourne, if it's even if there's even a scintilla of doubt about his health and his ability to play tournaments beyond that, because the French is going to mean a lot to him, and obviously Wimbledon uh, is going to mean a lot to him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, iffy is the is the word being used. Uh, whether or not he'll be able to play this weekend against the Titans, dealing with a shoulder injury. Doug Peterson, his head coach today in practice, saying he needs to see more in terms of arm strength from his quarterback. So we'll wait to see what happens there. Could you imagine Jacksonville not making the playoffs? Like not winning that division? There's a scenario where they could get in, even if they lose uh, to the Titans on on Sunday. But, or is it Saturday? I'm not sure. But they, they're, they're playing in one of those games. Uh, I think it's Sunday. But could you imagine the Jaguars? I mean, uh, two months ago, we were talking about as one of the best teams in the league. And now all of a sudden, they may not even make the playoffs. In an AFC South, that is not that good. That'd be a real step backwards, as Jason Cole alluded to uh, when we had him on the show earlier for where this organization was after last year to where they are now. And yeah, I mean, the growth of Trevor Lawrence has kind of been stunted, some of it by injury and some of it by less than stellar play, right? Uh, so we'll see what happens in that game this weekend. We did it in uh, our Page versus the Prince segment. Uh, in case you don't know, the line on that game, Tennessee plus three and a half um, as of right now. And again, that line's kind of frozen why we wait to see what happens uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Last but not least, only because we mentioned it on yesterday's show, uh, the Century Tournament of Champions on the PGA Tour, the start of the 2024 portion of the sort of wraparound season, uh, best of the best playing there, at least the guys that are still on the PGA Tour because the defending champion's not there, uh, in John Rahm. Scotty Scheffler is still your favorite to win the event at plus 450. Colin Morikawa played well yesterday. He's eight under um, in his opening round. He is at plus 650. And by the way, kudos to our man Sam Yarnell, who said Colin Morikawa was going to win the event. Uh, my guy, uh, Aberg. Um, Ludwig Aberg was, I think, four under. He's like five shots back uh, in his opening round. Some of the other guys to look at in terms of the odds. Uh, I said Hovland at plus 500. Morikawa at 650. Patrick Cantlay at 1,000. How about the first opening round uh, for Jordan Spieth? Just a couple of shots back. Uh, he is at 1,600. So we'll see uh, what happens there over the weekend. Uh, tough weekend, though. I mean, who's watching golf this weekend? 
with, with everything we've got in the NFL. And granted, not every game means everything in the NFL. And it is kind of convoluted because you have games that mean something in the NFL. And you've got starters that aren't playing for certain teams because they've already wrapped up positioning in the playoffs and they're playing against a team that needs to get in. The Steelers and Ravens is a great example of that with, you know, Pittsburgh trying to get in with a win and the Browns saying, well, we're not even playing Joe Flacco in this game. Uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to to see what transpires over the weekend. Uh, I'll still say that that Green Bay matchup against Chicago is what fascinates me most. You know, what's going through Aaron Rodgers' mind as he sits on the couch spinning conspiracy theories and wrapping tinfoil around his head while Jordan Love and the Packers are potentially going uh, to the postseason. It's kismet. It has to be. If if you believe in the stars lining up and karma and all that stuff, uh, Aaron Rodgers sitting on the sidelines while Jordan Love goes to the playoffs, it's hard to get much better than that. That's going to wrap it up for us on this Friday edition of the program. It was a fun week. A lot of good guests. We'll see you back here on Monday. Preview of the national championship game in college football. Patrick McEnroe, NFL, Black Monday. We'll see you then.